Vision has just the right mix of music, inspiration and fun to kickstart your day. Rise and shine with Fel and DJ. Weekdays at breakfast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. When we're confronted by a great big mountain, something that's blocking our path that we can't possibly move, we kind of expect God to use someone else to move it, someone bigger, someone stronger. But what if he wants to use the likes of you and me? Now there's a scary thought. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and thanks for joining me today as we take another look at your faith from a different perspective. Have you ever met Mr. or Mrs. Super Christian? I have. These are people who have their lives so incredibly together and they seem so strong in their faith that you go home and you look in the mirror and you think to yourself, I could never be like that. I'm hopeless. I'm a failure. It's funny how we look at things through the world's eyes. Just because on the outside someone appears confident and, and they can tell us good stories in their lives and we assume that they are perfection personified. We know for sure that they're not, but, you know, if someone has a position or a title or something like that, we think, wow, you know, they're much better than me. Over the last few days on the program, we've been looking at a time in Israel's history that is best described as rock bottom. The city of Samaria was under siege by the Aramean army. There was no food. Things were so desperate, well, mothers were killing and eating their children. Now, God had a plan, and his plan was to bless his people. And you and I, we'd imagine that he's going to use the king, the king of Israel, to bless his people, or maybe God's prophet Elijah, God's man on the ground. That's because we look at it from a human perspective. But God did neither of those things. He chose, well... Not even ordinary people like you and me, because he wanted to make a point. So he chose the least of the least. I'd like to introduce you now to the four key characters of this story. Let me emphasise that these men aren't from the Bible A-list. They're no Abraham or Paul or Moses or Elijah. They're so far down the pecking order that they don't even have names. In fact, they're lepers, outcasts. They're unclean. That's why they're sitting at the gate. They were cast out. That's what it meant. They didn't get to live with everybody else in the safety inside the city walls. The leper colony was on the outside of the walls, outside the protection of the city. If there'd been a social register in Samaria, these men would have been so far down the bottom that they wouldn't even have made it on the list because as far as the people inside the safety of the city were concerned, these men didn't even belong. They are at the complete opposite end of the social scale to the king. Now, there were four leprous men outside the city gate who said to one another, why should we sit here until we die? If we say, let us enter the city, there's a famine in the city and we'll die there. But if we sit here, we'll also die. Therefore, let us desert to the Aramean camp. If they spare our lives, we'll live. And if they kill us, we shall but die turns out that these four nobodies asked the very best question they could have asked, why should we sit here until we die? They were at the gate. They looked back over their shoulders. That wasn't an option. Everybody's starving in there in the city. If we go in there, we're going to die. They looked down at their feet and they said, well, staying here is not an option either. What are they going to do? Stay here right in front of the gate and starve to death? 
And then they look out toward their enemy. They shudder. But you know something? It's the only option with any hope of success, however slim that hope may have appeared from where they sat. So they arose at twilight to go to the Aramean camp. Imagine, it's, it's twilight, the sun's just gone down, the first of the stars are just starting to come out, and you and I are two of those four lepers sitting at the gate. We've thought it through, it's logical. Our hunger tells us so. We know that if we sit here much longer, we're going to die. So we get up and we start that long walk to the Aramean camp. How do we feel? Do we feel jubilant, excited? I don't think so. I think we're sick to the stomach. We've weighed up our chances and they're slim at best. 5%, 10% maybe. Every fibre of our being wants to stay put, to preserve our lives for just a few more hours, maybe a few more days. And as our sandals crunch in the dirt, we look up at the stars starting to appear and in our heart of hearts, we know that this will be our last twilight. It is such a long walk, that walk, a kilometre, two, three, out to the Aramean camp across the open ground, across no man's land. But then we arrive at the Aramean camp and something really strange is going on. Have a listen. This comes from 2 Kings in the Old Testament, chapter 7, verses 5 to 8. They arose at twilight to go to the Aramean camp, but when they came to the edge of the camp, there was no one there at all. Because the Lord had caused the Aramean army to hear the sound of chariots and of horses, the sound of a great army. So they said to one another, oh, The king of Israel has hired the king of the Hittites and the kings of Egypt to fight against us. So they fled away in twilight and abandoned their tents, their horses, their donkeys, leaving the camp just as it was, and they fled for their lives. When these leprous men had come to the edge of the camp, they went into a tent, ate and drank and carried off silver and clothing, and went and hid them. Then they came back and entered another tent, carried off things from it, and went and hid them. Where is everyone? I, I stick my head in this tent, it's, it's full of stuff, but there's no one there. You, you stick your head in the next tent, same thing. What's going on? We, we wander around the tents in absolute disbelief. The one thing these lepers hadn't banked on was God. Surely God wouldn't be in this hopeless place with them. Surely God wouldn't help them, lepers after all, against a mighty army. If God would help anyone, it'd be the king. He, after all, was God's anointed king. He's the one that God would help. As Dr. Barry Chant, one of my lecturers at Bible College, used to say, he said, when we step out, God steps in. In fact, as catchy and as memorable as that is, it's not quite correct, because what these lepers discovered was when they stepped out, that God had already stepped in. God had gone before them and driven out the mighty army. And what happened was exactly according to the word of God through the prophet. It was unbelievable. So eventually, after they'd played in Aladdin's cave for a while, they go back and tell everyone. At first, the king and the people won't believe them. They send out scouts to confirm that these, these lepers, after all, are telling the truth. And then finally, the nation figures out that God showed up. Get it? Not through the king, but through four lepers. The, the king thought it was a trap, but eventually, well, have a listen. So the messengers returned and told the king. The people went out and plundered the camp of the Arameans. So a measure of choice meal was sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord, exactly as the prophet Elisha had predicted the day before. I love this part of the story. God's done an amazing miracle and it's discovered by four lepers who decided to step out out of their misery and gloom and hopelessness, not out of some great altruistic sense of faith, but because they had to. 
They stepped out and they walked into God's miracle. They bumped into God's miracle and they were blessed. But the one man who wasn't blessed was the captain of the king's guard. Have a listen to what it says. The king had appointed a captain on whose hand he leaned to have charge of the gate. The people trampled him to death in the gate, just as the man of God had said when the king came down to him. For when the man of God said to the king, two measures of barley will be sold for a shekel and a measure of choice meal for a shekel about this time tomorrow in the gate of Samaria, that captain had answered the man of God, even if the Lord were to open windows in the sky, could such a thing happen? And Elisha said, you will see it with your own eyes, but you will not eat from it. And it happened exactly the way Elisha had said. God did an amazing miracle that day. Not through the king, not through the prophet, through four hapless lepers. Before we go, I'd just like to remind you that if you have a prayer need, We would love to pray for you. Listen, the only sort of prayer that the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. Just let that sink in. The only sort of prayer that the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. So if you'd like us to pray with you, in fact, if you'd like our whole prayer community to pray with you, stop by online at powerfulprayer.org to share your prayer request. It's completely confidential. Your name won't be displayed. And in fact, while you're there, perhaps you could pray for one or two others and leave them an encouraging word as well. The Bible says that the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. So let us pray for you and with you. And let's just see what God does, how he intervenes, how he chooses to bless you. That web address again is powerfulprayer.org. I'm Bernie Diamond. I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 